In a world filled with spyware, ransomware, fish, and more, we need you to be the hero. In this podcast, information protection and security is bringing new ways to fight back against the dangerous actors looking to do digital and physical harm. We'll give you everything you need to know on a different topic of risk every month. Coming to you from IPS with love. Welcome to From IPS with Love. Our guest today is Senior Information Protection Analyst James Thomas. Uh, And his day job is making sure HCA Healthcare keeps and destroys the necessary electronic and paper documents. So of course, we wanted to ask him uh, at home, personally, how does he handle his own sensitive documents? Welcome, James. Thank you. So I think a lot of people struggle with figuring out what to keep and what they don't need to keep when it comes to home papers. Can we start kind of broadly? Are there certain sensitive documents or electronic paper things that you definitely need to hold on to? Sure. There are certain documents that most people will want to hang on to, such as a passport or marriage certificate, um, any adoption papers that you may have. Interestingly enough, I had a colleague bring up a document that none of us really think of too often, uh, such uh, like pictures, things such mm-hmm. as your wedding pictures or your child's first step, birthday parties, things like that. Those can be sensitive documents as well for home and should be and should be protected. Definitely, that's a really good point. Um, you know, when we think of paper documents, that's one thing, but mm-hmm. when we open it up to electronic, then it could be photos, videos, that sort of thing, anything Absolutely. that's irreplaceable. So um, what, are, what is your advice for how to store that at home? Sure. First off, unfortunately, there is no perfect way to store our documents, whether they be paper or electronic. If we're talking about paper documents, you have options such as a safe deposit box in a bank, but that comes with downsides too. Uh, first, there's limited liability that banks have in the event that there, that something happens to your information. And also that comes with a monthly charge. And if you don't pay that monthly charge, depending on the state, the bank will just empty out that, that deposit mm-hmm. box and, and throw it away. Keeping it at home is an option too. I recommend getting a, a fireproof and a flood resistant mm-hmm. uh, safe. But I also recommend uh, scanning as much as possible and, and investing in a, in a small scanner and storing that in the cloud. If you use Microsoft Office at home, you likely have uh, what's called personal vault within OneDrive mm-hmm. that is a more secure cloud storage uh, facility that you can use and put those documents in. But there are some things, again, like your passport, which you must keep. Another advantage of not using a safe deposit box is that there are some documents that you may need access to immediately, such as a passport or will, things like that. And going to a safe deposit box may pose uh, an inconvenience for you. And so using that safe would be a better option. The flip side is that it's at home. And so in the event of any sort of flood, theft, things like that, it's, it's on site. And so you have to be careful with that too and really distinguish what's important and what needs to be kept on site versus off. And you, when you talk about scanning, so is the scanning kind of a backup 
say if you have your will and you're safe at home mm -hmm. and then you scanned it and so it's in the cloud. So if something does happen to that safe, it's, it's then secure offsite. Absolutely, absolutely. Because in the event of any sort of disaster and that will is destroyed, it's easy to recreate that. Mm -hmm. uh, same with other documents as well, such as a social security card and, and other, other documents. Okay. All right, so those are kind of the, the big life event documents. Um, thinking about just adulting as an adult, which, what, what are other documents that adults need to hold on to for a certain amount of time? Sure. Uh, the thing about holding on to certain documents, such as bank statements or medical invoices, things like that, is that a lot of companies now have portals. For instance, for your bank, if you're looking for a bank statement, a lot of times they keep that documentation on their end. So there's no real need to have a paper document on your end of mm -hmm. those of those documents. Uh, same with with medical history. Uh, if you are uh, if you visit your doctor, a lot of times they have online portals where you can see uh, the condition that you came in for, any appointments uh, you're able to cancel, any invoices that come in and out, whether they've been paid or whether they've not been paid. And so keep those things in mind is that you don't necessarily have to be responsible for keeping those physical documents or scanning them for that matter. A lot of times they're already kept for you and, and you don't need to do that. Oh, that is kind of a relief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it's not all on you. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, and, and I don't want to encourage hoarding, certainly, um, but why not just keep everything? Sure, sure. And, and for better and probably for worse, that's a question I get in the professional realm as well, is why not just keep everything? And the reason that you shouldn't is the same reason that you shouldn't here at work. Number one, the cost you just mentioned. It's, it's, it's very expensive. Even to scan things and put them in the cloud, there's only an a finite amount of space and you have to pay for more cloud storage if you if you go down that road as opposed to deleting things. Also, there's a risk involved. If you are in a situation where your home is, is burglarized or there's some sort of uh, disaster, you want to make sure that there's little as possible that that someone can take in order to 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 compromise your information. I remember that growing up, my mother made a habit of storing her social security card in her purse. Oh dear. Not, <laughs> and you can guess what happened. Someone stole her purse. And a social security number is something that you can't change. Mm -hmm. It's yours forever. And, and so those sort of things that you really want to think about with, with carrying information and having information, is that necessary for you at that moment? Because if it isn't, you want to find a way to securely store it in a way that makes it harder to get to. Well, you mentioned medical records. I think another thing that people often maybe hear that they should hold on to or they're confused about are tax documents. Fine. Mm -hmm. You mentioned bank. What What is the, um, the rule of thumb on holding on to tax documents? Sure. Well, in information lifecycle management, we recommend 10 years. And 99.9% .9 of the time, uh, if you are the unfortunate uh, subject of it, audit, uh, the IRS does not go back much further oh. than that. Okay, mm -hmm. so we can safely shred anything older than that, is that right? Right, and another thing to keep in mind, just like bank statements uh, or your medical history, if you use a tax preparation service, they keep that information as well. The odds of you getting audited are pretty small, 
And so the odds of you needing those tax mm. documents from years back are pretty small as well. And so I don't know if there's a need for you to keep that information on you mm -hmm. as opposed to just letting the tax preparation service uh, keep that electronic. Oh yeah, I like that idea of letting others hold on to it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, can you give us a little insight into your home setup? How do you hold on to electronic and, mm -hmm. and paper documents and how, how often do you destroy them? <laughs> sure, well, in terms of paper documents, I have very little. As a matter of fact, I have a small safe at home and it's about the size of a bread box and everything that I keep on paper exclusively, mm -hmm. it's in there. The rest of it is, is scanned. And then after it's scanned, I have a small shredder at home and I, I shred that information along with any mail that I get. I've signed up for uh, to on the do not call list for credit cards and other advertisements to come. So mm -hmm. I don't get as many of those. But those sort of items, mm. receipts that I may want to keep, any warranty information, I shred that information and then I, I, well, first I scan it and then I shred it. And then after a certain amount of years, months, depending on the, the document, I delete that image to keep the cloud storage to a minimum. Okay. You sound very organized. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I try. <laughs> well, so it sounds like it really doesn't take much um, much physical equipment, right, to keep your records safe, secure. You're talking about a safe, mm -hmm. a shredder, mm -hmm. um, and some capability of putting things in the cloud, right? Right. So. That's pretty much it. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't take much to to uh, make yourself more secure. If we're talking about bad actors, they're obviously going to pick uh, those who don't it, it, adhere uh, the low hanging fruit, mm. if you will. So if you just enact a little bit of security, that will go a long way. That's great. Great to hear, James. Well, um, and before you go, yes. uh, as we talking about security, we have to talk about James Bond. Mm. So do you have a favorite um, Bond villain? I'll tell you, Lisa, that is the most important question that you've asked me. I, I would say that Jaws is an obvious answer because of, he, because of his physical appearance. And up until recently, he's the only Bond villain to be in two different movies. Oh. However, I'm gonna go in a different direction because I do like this newest Bond series. So I'm gonna go with Bashif. The reason Bashif, he's the first Bond villain from the, the Daniel Craig Bond series. And I like him because while this James Bond is a little rough around the edges, hot-headed, immature, Bashif, <laughs> is very polished, well-spoken, even keeled. I will say though, that given his love of poker, I would not trust him to invest my money, but he is my favorite nonetheless. <laughs> I love it. Okay, that's, a, that's an answer we haven't had before. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, James, and, and sharing your um, home storage secrets. I think we all can learn from that. You can listen to this and all other episodes on any major podcast platform and also on Media Connect. Just search from IPS with love. <laughs>